0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting.
1: If you buy online, you may have noticed that you have to sign for merchandise deliveries more often than before. That's thanks to a crime that's far too easy to commit. It's growing in popularity, and InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here to find out why. Roy? Thank you, Chris. This new trend is called Friendly Fraud, and to learn more about it, we're joined by Julie Ferguson from Ethica.com, a fraud prevention company. She's also a former executive of the Merchant Risk Council. Julie, welcome to InfoTrack.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Most people have heard of other kinds of fraud and theft, like identity theft and so forth, but what exactly is Friendly Fraud?
0: Friendly Fraud is when you purchase something, or perhaps somebody in your family purchases something, You don't recognize the charge on your credit card statement, and you call and say, hey, credit card company, please take this off my bill, and they do.
1: And there are people who are deliberately ordering things and then claiming it never arrived?
0: Absolutely. But they do receive the goods.
1: Is this something that's growing?
0: Yes, I think as more people learn about the process and the ease of which you can do that, but also because of the down economy, some of us are thinking that perhaps that's had a reason why more people might be inclined to commit fraud as well.
1: So this is a whole different thing than someone just simply stealing a box off your porch. It's actually people who are planning this out.
0: Yes, and sometimes it's on accident where it was, you know, a spouse... Sometimes it's deliberate in the middle of a divorce, and one spouse might do it against the other. And then other times it is the guy doing it on purpose.
1: And when people do this, are they doing it on a large scale, or is it just something that's an occasional thing?
0: We've seen it all over the boat. Sometimes it's on computers and large screen, high definition TVs. Sometimes it might be with books and clothing. So it really runs the gamut. There's been some operations and arrests where the person's garage was filled with products. So it depends on how much that person is committing fraud. So it can be very small or very large.
1: The thing that's, I think, surprising to many people is that these thieves can get away with this more than once. And they are using their own credit cards for this, right? It's not like they're using stolen cards or other stolen information.
0: Yeah, they absolutely are using their own information. And because there are so many different places online where the consumer can order, it's hard for the merchants to collaborate and say, this person's doing fraud, this person's doing fraud, and say, okay, you know, this is a regular repeat pattern. That's actually one of the things we do here at Ethica is we have a shared database, and so if somebody sees it as fraud, we can let other merchants know about that. But, yeah, it's a real problem for merchants.
1: So who actually loses money in these instances? Is it the online retailer or the bank that issues the credit card?
0: It is the online retailer. So the merchant not only loses the goods... And the transaction processing fees of, you know, shipping costs as well as the payment processing fees, they also are fined by the bank for having a a fraudulent order, or what's known as a chargeback. And that fee can be up to $25.
1: Would that chargeback fee be an incentive for a bank to not really be too interested in stopping this?
0: There are some banks that is a nice percentage of their income, absolutely.
1: I've been surprised at some large and sometimes expensive items that are just left on a doorstep at our house. Are companies requiring signatures for deliveries more than they have in the past?
0: Absolutely. We've seen a big increase. And, in fact, that's always a common discussion about best practices for shipping goods and, you know, requiring consumer signature. And even when you require consumer signature, that makes it more difficult for the consumer to get the products, and so you're balancing customer satisfaction and ease of you know, using that website versus safety and security, which is always a hard balance for any company.
1: You're listening to InfoTrack, and we're talking with fraud expert Julie Ferguson from Ethica.com. And we're learning about the growing trend of friendly fraud, in which a thief orders an item online and then just simply claims they never received it. Julie, who actually determines whether a customer is at fault or if the retailer did not deliver the product?
0: The issuer of the credit card is really the consumer's advocate, and then the merchant has their bank as well that's, in theory, the merchant's advocate. And the merchant can actually try to prove that the consumer really did receive the goods, you know, using things like a signature for delivery. They can even escalate it and dispute it and have a hearing by either Visa or MasterCard as an intermediary. But it's a very expensive process for the merchant.
1: I understand in the past, though, it used to be the customer is always right, but that is changing.
0: Yeah, absolutely that is changing. The issuers are cracking down on it, and one of the reasons they're cracking down is that An indicator that that person is in financial trouble is that they're starting to commit fraud. So friendly fraud is a good indicator that account might go bad.
1: Julie, what are some of the creative ways that merchants and banks are able to prove that someone committed friendly fraud?
0: (laughs) There's all kinds of different things. Probably the most effective way is to do what's known as a controlled delivery And actually get proof that they delivered the products to that person. And, you know, it may be more than one set of goods. And then the consumer says, no, I didn't purchase it. And there's, you know, either law enforcement proof pictures to prove that it really was that consumer making that signature.
1: Is there any movement among all these larger merchants to pool their information and track people down that way?
0: And that's exactly what Ethica does. We're building a large database of suspicious activity so that merchants can collaborate with law enforcement and with the banks to go after the crooks.
1: What are the penalties, by the way, if someone does do this? I mean, it seems like it probably would be a slap on the wrist.
0: Yeah, the same is for shoplifting or stealing products. So it just depends on the dollar amount. And if you're a first-time crook or you've done it for a long time, how many victims there are. So if there's more than 10 victims that, as the crook, you've stole from more than 10 merchants. The penalties can be more severe, that kind of stuff.
1: These are also committed, in most cases, across state lines. So are there any federal laws or any other more severe penalties for that?
0: Yeah, and in fact, if goods are shipped via the postal system, the United States Postal Service, that's actually considered mail fraud, and the penalties are quite stiff there.
1: Julie, if you were given a magic wand to suddenly fix this problem, whether it's through some government action or requiring the banks to do something, what would you do? How could you fix it?
0: Probably the magic wand solution is when the consumer is receiving the goods to get a fingerprint scan or some biometric authentication. Now, getting a consumer to give up a fingerprint scan for a delivery of a product is probably pretty far-fetched at this point in the, the evolution of people trusting biometrics. Shorter term, I think just getting some standard best practices for all the merchants requiring signature deliveries and really training and educating the folks who ship to make sure that if they think it's suspicious to work with law enforcement and not leave products in an empty lot, we've seen instances of that happening.
1: Is there any way that you think the laws are going to catch up with this acceleration of Internet commerce?
0: Absolutely. We've already seen a lot of changes in regulation supporting Internet commerce. And I think as people are looking at the ways fraud is happening and fraud continues to grow in e-commerce, we will see new rules and regulations and and stronger authentication methods already in the U.K. And we'll see that in the U.S. as well.
1: Fraud expert Julie Ferguson from Ethica.com. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack.
0: Thank you for your time.
1: And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey.
0: You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.